Hello everyone. Buckle up for a new episode of the Tech Loop podcast, the only podcast made to teach young minds like you how to pave your way into various domains ranging from UI UX to artificial intelligence. Vadishwar Arjuna, an artificial intelligence engineer at Continental, a leadership fellow at Women Who Code, and is also currently pursuing her master's degree in electrical and computer engineering from the National University of Singapore. Thanks for being here today and now let's make this complex world of artificial intelligence simple. Welcome ma'am, thank you for joining us on the show. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Awesome. Uh so right off the bat ma'am, let's start from scratch. Let's start from the very beginning. So what made you decide that you wanted to build your career in AI? I mean, when did you make this decision? Did you start dabbling in AI in your college days? Yeah. So, yeah, I did start dabbling in AI in my college days. So, I did my undergraduate studies in electrical and electronics engineering and as I continued to do my research in, you know, power systems and electronics, I realized there's a lot of untapped data as such in the electrical and IoT domain. So, this uh there was a huge potential to make sense of this data and also make predictions from it. So uh opportunities to do so opened up for me <laughs> in terms of a hackathon like um, any other student so I participated in this hackathon called the Smart India Hackathon which was I guess the first Smart India Hackathon which was held in 2017 uh and uh we were given a problem statement to actually figure out who is uh, stealing power so in India this is a well known fact that uh people often climb up poles and uh tap power like illegally on these wires and uh you know steal power from a particular household so the government and this was the ministry of steel then wanted to know who exactly was doing this and uh wanted to find just a at back then it was like pretty naive so they just wanted us to take a picture via an android phone and make an app for it and that was basically the problem statement uh but we went a step further so we wanted to figure out okay if this is happening uh, can i predict or can i figure out which particular household this power is being stolen from so we used uh, long short term memory networks which are a form of recurrent neural network which work in the time domain or a time series analysis and we were able to find out which particular household uh, you know from where the power was being stolen in the neighborhood So this solution actually helped us win the hackathon back then and that was my very first glimpse into the powerful tool of machine learning and deep learning as such and I was hooked on Okay ma'am that that sounds pretty intimidating to be honest <laughs> Anybody who is totally off from the street of machine learning or data science or artificial intelligence for that matter it it actually becomes pretty overwhelming So coming down to the college students all right so it becomes pretty overwhelming for them to get so much of information in this field of machine learning and artificial intelligence so like how did you start exactly how did you land up projects and so how did you exactly start your journey in college pertaining to ml yeah um you know i mean we have like when we talk about education in ml as such i believe like um, looking back we come from like two ways and i think i took um, like one of the different routes as such because i came into understanding that you know machine learning is not only a tool but it's something that can be obviously you learn it along the way but most importantly it's a skill too 
so i believe that you know i came to you have like two main approaches when you learn about machine learning as such you can either have like a bottom up approach uh, wherein like most universities and schools and institutions as such will encourage it where you learn you know the basic theories of machine learning as such linear algebra uh, you know probability statistics and all of this sort of form your foundation then you learn along the way and then you start making machine learning or deep learning models based on these theories and that's a bottom up approach but you also have like a top down approach where you know uh, we oftentimes you know we given a project or we're doing something at work and we just hack it out we figure out you know uh, which part of machine learning has to be used and we learn particular parts of that uh, you know sphere and then we start applying such skills or such knowledge into our particular work and our project as such so i had a much more like a top down approach even as i said the hackathon was a top down approach i came from a field of electrical and i was suddenly given this machine learning tool or a deep learning tool to apply it and that's exactly what i did i mean this is a little biased but in context i believe that you know uh, not a lot of math is needed to learn machine learning as such when you start applying machine learning models to production you don't need that much math but if you're coming from a research perspective or you want to be a researcher and you want to figure out what is the next state of the art model that i want to use for a particular you know uh, image processing or audio processing something of this sort particular domain then i would definitely suggest go back to the basics figure out how it was built and then go from there all right ma'am okay so like you mentioned math in your uh, answer i would really want to ask that you people usually dread maths and so how important it is you know math for ml like should a beginner focus more on the maths part or the coding part yeah uh, i mean it goes a little back into my earlier answer but yeah i'll uh, derive a couple more stuff from it firstly you know when you uh figure out like you know when you get into machine learning you are overwhelmed by math i mean that is uh that is something that is there out there <laughs> and that obviously overwhelms a lot of people but we need to figure out how to learn this particular field and the only way to do it perhaps as i said i believe is to hack it out is to get a machine learning project you know go to maybe a kaggle competition and figure out how exactly you can learn it and go from there now if you're someone who is a researcher in ml i was uh, i also worked as a research engineer before i particularly uh had to deal with reading a lot of papers and that's very much needed in the field of machine learning too and a deep learning too where you have to figure out what's the next state of the art and when you're given this very long papers on state of the art they will often contain theories and equations and all of this will be overwhelming as well so my suggestion is that you figure out where do you want to go do you want to be a researcher or do you want to be productionizing models or being put up uh, you know being someone who puts ml or puts dl into products if you're someone who wants to put ml and dl into products i would firmly suggest that you do not go into the math part of it but try and learn through projects but if you're someone who wants to be a researcher wants to learn stuff from scratch go behind the math figure out how it is done because once you start reading you know papers research papers after research papers it will get way too overwhelming so mom that's pretty insightful so basically a person needs to understand what his end goal is really do, does he want to go to the research side of it or to the product side of it and accordingly you know understand math that's a intriguing idea 
Okay, so ma'am, uh, considering the type of approaches which you just said, like you started with a hackathon. Nowadays, what students are doing is that there is a, you know, a lot of people prefer video lectures in comparison to books, which are obviously more extensive and detailed. So like, what are your thoughts on this and what books would you recommend for people starting out with ML? Yeah, that's a pretty interesting question, actually. But, you know, frankly speaking, it really depends on you. Why I say is that a lot of times the learning that we do, even while you're in university and you're giving endless exams <laughs> and going through these semester assignments, you will realize that the way that you learn is completely different from the way that the other person learns. So this means that it's a really introspective behavior where you need to figure out, do you prefer yeah you know learning via online lectures or do you prefer learning via a book i personally uh, would love some audio visual you know mm -hmm. features in my learning and would love some hands on you know figure out uh, how to do it hack it out that's my uh, always my thinking so i think like um, i personally prefer online lectures but you also have a few areas in between. I think a couple of people also release like interactive books where you they give you code to, uh, you know, go try it out. And I guess that also is like a good area in between where you can try out. And some of the books that I started off um, in the start, like in, in the very beginning when I was doing machine learning was one of the books was from uh, Ian Goodfellow. It's called Deep Learning, uh, Ian Goodfellow and Yosha Bengio. And that book is available online. Uh, you can just type Deep Learning, Ian Goodfellow, and you'll get the website. And uh, all the everything is out there. And even is Michael uh, Nielsen's book on neural networks. Uh, it's also completely free. And uh, for interactive books, I've seen some O'Reilly publications which are really good. One of them is TinyML. Um, it's by Pete Warden. Uh, he heads the TensorFlow Lite division uh, in Google and also by Daniel. And they both talk about using TensorFlow Lite on Arduino devices. So that's very interesting if you're someone who loves to work in this area of edge computing or TinyML. That's pretty hands-on. And you also have books like, um, I've, I've, I've particularly not read, but I have seen books like, um, you know, machine learning or hands-on machine learning books by O'Reilly uh, for scikit-learn, Keras, TensorFlow. And you can check those out too. So I'm sure that, you know, having a, you know, balance between videos and books would definitely help out students to get a much better understanding about a machine learning or deep learning for that matter. Okay. So um, for, a, for a person who has just started with his journey with ML or deep learning for that matter. So like, what are the best practices that you can highlight for a person? I mean, who started with it or who's actively working with it, in it? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I strongly believe that there are many ways to approach an ML problem because ML is often a tool, right? So there's various ways to apply these tools to your problems or your projects. So I wouldn't say like I have best practices in handy, but I do have a couple tips here and here and there, which might help you in your next uh, machine learning project. One of it is, uh, you know, firstly, I would say is validate your data. What I mean by that is, you know, you're getting a data from a particular source, especially if the data is not, you know, as clean or you need to do pre-processing as such. Make sure that your data is from a good source, is from a legit source and validate your data as such. And also when you're, you know, envisioning your uh, 
problem and it obviously applies a machine learning aspect to it make sure you're defining a pipeline this means that you know you don't go behind the model part before you figure out what the data is or you've seen the data you have actually understood the data as such once you figure out and once you understand the data then apply the model and um one of the biggest takeaways from deep like machine learning or deep learning is uh, which brings me back to the fundamentals is and is do i really need to apply machine learning to my problem i think this is something that a lot of us don't ask even in schools and universities and also in industry i see this um, wave or this i mean you can even call it a bubble right a bubble of machine learning and ai coming in suddenly into this um into this decade as such we can say and what is happening is people are rushing to use it without thinking twice about whether or not i do i really need to use it so like my suggestion is when you are learning don't learn it for the sake of knowing machine learning but learn it because you need to apply it to the right places so this means that you know when you get a problem figure out maybe does a few for loops solve your problem or does a few automating scripts solve your problem do you really need machine learning for it or deep learning perhaps and you know i mean going back to that you know deep learning has such requires so many resources it's not like a uh, it's not something that can be i mean obviously a lot of your systems can take the compute that is needed but if you're going behind bigger projects or bigger data such you need better machines it means that you have to invest into gpus or the cloud so i mean there's a lot of investment in place so i guess the first and the very foremost question you should ask yourself is does this project really need machine learning so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean that's it's actually an interesting idea the hype shouldn't be about machine learning and its models but it should be more about asking questions asking questions to you to your business problem as to why you actually need machine learning or even deep learning for that matter in your specific problems exactly exactly definitely makes sense okay so since you talked a lot about data and its intricacies what we find is that there are problems that people face while dealing with some niche ml problems is that there is lack of data so like how do you think one can work around this yeah that's a very interesting and a vast question as such uh, i mean you have a lot of resources for data when you're starting off i mean a lot of people just come and ask me you know where do i start off i don't have the right set of data or i don't know i don't want to work with uh, so called data i want to work with real world data sets as such that's one of the questions i really get and i i would say go to kaggle kaggle has amazing challenges by these companies and um, you know organizations as such who would love to open source their data and have you do analysis on it and you also have budding uh, you know data scientists or data engineers doing the exact same thing so you have a good ecosystem right then and there helping you uh, figure out uh, what it is and helping you work on real world data sets as such now if you're someone who uh, really wants to are in a much more of an intermediate stage where you say that okay you know i i am going behind a problem and i'm definitely sure that deep learning can solve it but i don't know where to get the data from um oftentimes you uh, believe it or not like even in the academia we have a lot of researchers as such who will be willing to give you data 
if you are someone who uh, doesn't want to use it for profit pur- purposes or doesn't want to use it for business solutions as such if you're someone who's just starting off and want to maybe understand the problem and go behind it i would suggest go after researchers figure out who are working in this area reach out to them i know it'll be a lot of cold emails at first but maybe maybe one of them might reply and give you data so uh, i have done that in the past too and it has worked <laughs> so i am giving you a solution that works uh and also lastly one of the things that we often undermine is that um uh you know scraping web scraping as such also is something that comes in handy a lot especially with nlp projects if you're working on it so you know when you're coming to data or uh, data as such you have to go uh, beyond a certain point of uh, to actually fetch it and to acquire it so do do your homework figure out okay those were some pretty nice ideas and i could make out that you know if you really want to extract data one needs to have very extensive skill set be it web scraping or the other ideas which you suggested so coming on to that uh, so if a person you know is starting out with ml and he really wants to get into the corporate world of ml so like what do you think what kind of skill sets one person should have before even entering the field of corporate I think uh one of the basic skill sets or one of the basic command over one of the languages is python. I know a lot of people prefer like still prefer to use r as such and r has its advantages and its limitations. Uh but I would say one of the best things that you can have is understanding how to use python well and having a good command over the language to the extent where you can write clean code. um i guess that's the foremost thing that you need to have and uh you know the field of machine learning and deep learning is often so fast paced i think an ai engineer or like a person who is working in the field of machine learning wears several hats this means that you need like you have to be quick with implementation of the models but you also need to have skills to deploy it deploy that model to a working system so this means you have to wear several hats you can't be like a typical software engineer and uh, and the scale of that work is enormous so one of the most interesting things about working in technology is that we face endless problems every day you know endless problems that we can solve so you know take something fundamental as the code i do every day you know the code that you work on every day it throws you a new problem i think that is so reflective of what happens in a corporate world too you are thrown a problem uh, or you know you have endless problems to treat and on a bigger scale that happens too and therefore you have the space to create solutions and work on global challenges i think that is the one of the most and the best takeaways of working with a corporate uh, company or working with company that works with real world um, problems all right awesome mom okay considering the challenges and you know all the problems which you just suggested so like what are the basic projects that every ml or ai student must do and what is your dream project that's one thing which we would love to know i mean um you know often times uh i i say that to a lot of people maybe it's because where i come from uh, but what we realize is that again and again i'm going to reiterate it is that machine learning is often a tool 
So what this means is, yes, it's important to know all aspects of this tool, but it's a tool that solves your problem. You're going behind a bigger problem as such. And this is just a tool that helps you get to the end goal, as you said. And, you know, it's asking something. It's it's almost similar to saying that, you know, how do we ask um, if you uh, can you what is a website for a web developer, right? There are like different ways to make a website for a web developer. There is no single way to do it. So I would say the same thing. Like, you know, for basic projects, go behind something that you're passionate about. Go behind problems that you're passionate about and then go from there and figure out, okay, like, you know, I have a problem and uh, I definitely see the space for applying machine learning to it. Then how can I go from there and then learn from there? I think that's the best way to learn and use this tool as such and look for interdisciplinary projects. I know that's something that is not cultivated or encouraged a lot in universities where you come from really, really specific fields, for example, biotechnology, computer science, electrical engineering. And one of the things that I definitely, you know, believe in and I definitely advocated for in my own university was figuring out how to work on interdisciplinary projects. This means that you work on projects which might Uh, be electrical in nature, but you're trying to use a machine learning tool. Similar to that, uh, you can also work in the pharma space. Uh, A lot of places, you know, use machine learning. So you, you definitely should work with interdisciplinary projects to figure out what to do further. And, you know, coming to the second part of your questions, you know, what is, what exactly is my dream project? I think, I have a lot of, I don't have one single dream project, (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) I should say, but I have these lot of these small projects that I go after. And, you know, I, whenever I get the time and, you know, space to think about it, I write it down and go after it as such. Uh, One of the areas that I am very passionate about is using, as I said, deep learning in the field of power systems, and especially in the field of renewable energy. Because there I also, I feel like we haven't uh, tapped that area a lot. And uh, we have a lot of data that is collected by these renewable energy sources as such. And also when we deploy these systems, we often collect data. And, uh, you know, how to use deep learning for that is very interesting area as such. And also one of the things that I would like to do in the future, and I hope I get a chance to work on projects like this because it's something that has like an environmental impact is working with edge computing and applying it to wildlife conservation projects or working on environmental projects as such Uh, one of the interesting things that i came across a few months ago i believe on hackster was uh, where you know uh, they deployed an edge computing device to figure out a roar of a lion in a forest and by uh, figuring out the roar of a lion or by how many times the lion roars in a day, you can actually figure out the health of the lion. So that is one of the most important things about the health of the lion. And that is why this edge computing project actually helped um, people out there to determine if the lions are healthy or not. So it's something as simple as that, but you know, it changes uh, and you get to work in this environmental space as such. And one last thing is that, you know, I oftentimes uh, with the pandemic going on, I do want to contribute to something. And I've been trying to build a dashboard of my own. (laughs) I don't know how successful it will be, but something that I've been working on. And yeah, so 
figuring out how to get data for the dashboard and then applying machine learning or deep learning for it so yeah those are some of the little projects that i'm working on so if you do feel inspired about the same do reach out to me i'm always approachable for things like this definitely i hope our audience would be you know more than uh, excited to be a part of your projects and though as little it might sound considering the fact of your you know wild uh, life conservation project it it actually helps to have a better world around ourselves and take care of other people through our technology and through our projects i mean that's a win win situation for everyone okay coming down to the projects so like you said that the projects are mostly based on interdisciplinary uh, you know areas so since every area is evolving you know nowadays so obviously ai also has to evolve simultaneously because the other areas are evolving so how do you keep yourself updated with the latest advancements in ai Yeah um I think one of the places that is I I don't know a lot if a lot of people do that I end up using a lot of social media to keep myself updated I make sure that I uh, follow the right people on Twitter and you know join the right subreddits <laughs> to um and to get my information so what I do one of the goals that I keep every day is try and read maybe one blog or one uh, paper i know paper is a bit of a stretch for people who are starting off but you get a lot of information online and you can maybe start off by reading a blog every day related to machine learning or deep learning and try reading blogs on the social media as such because what happens is often times on twitter you know someone uh, releases a really good blog it's often retweeted by others and you know as the social media algorithms work it will pop up on your feed and uh, that means that you know it's a hot topic because it has caught an interest of quite a few people in the field so i would suggest that why don't you start reading from that and start reading such articles every now and then and eventually we figure out okay you know what i am uh, i definitely like the way that this research is going or i definitely like the way that this domain is being explored in machine learning or deep learning as such and i want to go further on that so yeah uh, that is one of the ways that i keep myself updated on deep learning and machine learning as such that's pretty amazing ma'am okay so considering the two options which we have right one can go to into uh, becoming an ml engineer through software development field what about the others who want to go into the research part of ml because considering the lack of mentors which we have nowadays see research itself is a pretty intimidating area to get into and that to you know research getting into research of about ml would be again a you know a more cumbersome task so how would one you know get around this this entire concept of getting into research specifically for ml yeah that's actually a very interesting question you know i think one of that's one of the uh, fundamental questions or one of fun fundamental questions to the field as such how do i get into research i would say first of all figure out inside deep learning where do you sort of fit yourself with uh, like a lot of people fig uh, you know prefer to go towards the natural language processing area which deals offered times with text and then you also have people who uh, work in the image processing area or with computer vision as such and uh, they might work with cnns or other uh, models and you have people who are working on the edge computing space for example who want to figure out how do i take this model naturally deploy it to smaller devices so i mean there is a wide range of areas like i mentioned just three but you know there are a lot more 
so you need to figure out where do you sort of find yourself or set yourself with and once you do that start reading up on state of the art uh, papers on it uh, i know research papers are again intimidating but you know often times what i do while reading a research paper is take a research paper read its abstract and then read its conclusion that's the first thing you need to do never sit down to read the entire paper as such because you know of like especially when we are starting off the information can be so much overwhelming that you cannot perhaps decipher or you know you cannot keep up and you know you do two paragraphs a day and then you're like oof i have like read so much and i can't take more information in so the best thing to do is to read the abstract the abstract is perhaps like 50 words so conclusion might be 100 words or something read both of them and figure out if this paper really is something you want to know because another thing that happens is that we of we often start reading the paper and then we realize oh no i mean this is going somewhere we don't we don't want it to so that also helps when you read the abstract and the conclusion and then uh, you know most machine learning or deep learning papers have something in common they would have picked the data from somewhere they would have pre processed in a particular way they would have applied models uh they would have um you know tested the thing tested the model using some gpus uh, ran it for a particular uh iterations all of it will be common amongst all machine learning papers and through the testing they'll give you the results the training part of spell you'll they'll give you some analysis so you know all of this is in common so you pick and choose the parts that you want to learn so for example you are someone who just wants to figure out how this model worked you believe the data set they picked up was right it was completely fine so you go behind the model and you figure out okay if this is my model how did they end up doing it it might require a bit of math but it will also require a bit of imagination because often times with uh, machine learning you need to visualize or deep learning you need to visualize what the model did so yeah uh, that you can do you can also be someone who says uh, you know this paper is just about data sets for example i think like apple released their latest data sets maybe they released a paper along with it so you just go behind that and you figure out how did they capture data what was the aspects of data what classes have they split the data into so those all can be obtained right from the data section so you do that and then you move into pre processing because pre processing also is very important they tell you how many false negatives were there or false positives were there and how many uh, you know data did they eventually land up with the data that was actually usable and fed into the model so i mean yeah you need to split the paper up into parts and then go behind it so that's the best way to deal with a research paper as such and this gets you into the field of research because one of the fundamental thing that every researcher does is reads paper so you need to know how to do this to get into the field of being a researcher for sure now i clearly know as to where i was going wrong <laughs> baby steps is the key to success you know when it comes to research papers all right ma'am uh, coming down to some you know uh, theories and how people perceive machine learning and artificial intelligence you know there may be some you know science uh, fiction question but do you really think that ai can actually take over the world i mean <laughs> is the code you know programs are as smart as the program was applicable for ai too i think um we need to probably understand the capabilities of ai and machine learning as such i think that's a very very important question we need to ask ourselves especially when we have such an interconnected world which produces so much of data 
you know, either through your everyday scrolling on social media or your everyday feed on social media or even through recording of your smart devices. So it's important that we encapsulate this data and make sense out of it. And that is where AI comes into play. I mean, AI starts working into every segment of our lives, being advocates for the technology. So we need to make sure that, you know, we're creating sensible models and also, you know, respecting the privacy of data. That's so very important. So, and one of the things that happened in the last um, month uh, or so was, you know, I, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, the Iranian nuclear scientist, one of the uh, senior Iranian nuclear scientists, some of them say that he's, uh, he was like one of the father of this entire program, uh, actually died um, or was shot because of a facial recognition algorithm, which actually recognized him and, uh, and differentiated him from his wife. And that, that helped the uh, shooter or yeah, whatever they used to kill the person. So what you realize through all of this is that right at this very moment, machine learning and deep learning and AI as such is already creeping into our everyday lives. And yeah, it is like psychologically already, uh, you know, showing us ads and advertisements as such and filling up our feeds uh, on what we usually see and prefer. But it is also causing harm in its own way. Um, and this means that we need to make models or we need to go after figuring out how to ethically deal with data or how to build models which have proper rules governing them. So yeah, I do believe that even though uh, like in a far away world, AI hasn't taken over the world, but it has gotten into our lives. It has creeped into our lives as such. Uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly it has. So we have to make sure that in the future we are building models and we are setting up rules for it. All right. And uh, considering your experience as a leadership fellow for women who code, so how has been your experience in you know leading women in tech communities? Yeah, uh, thank you so much for asking me that question. Um, so I think women in technology often have a range of experience. Uh, experiences in discrimination when they like they often talk about and ranges right from you know working harder to maybe prove that you're better than your male counterparts to just creating a space to be heard i think we have seen it all but on the positive side we are slowly increasing in numbers right we are increasing in numbers and companies are putting up efforts to sort of recognize and uplift these efforts I do believe that uh, we will reach an equality in terms of the tech space. And I know the journey is long and difficult, but we are taking the right steps towards it. Uh, we are fortunate enough to have a lot of communities that work specifically towards it, like Women Who Code, uh, especially if you're looking into the machine learning and deep learning or the data science space, you have even women in machine learning and data science. And one of the best things that, uh, so I'm a part of Women Who Code and the one, one of the best things that Women Who Code does as such, they invest in women leadership because we need women to not be like only software engineers in the industry, but we also need them as leaders. We need them as, you know, investors. We need them as someone on the board of directors. We need them as managers. So this means that we have to pave a path where we have, uh, you know, women in leadership 
and for the next women in tech so this means that you know when someone looks up to us we are paving a path for them to show them there is a way to go up the ladder and i got a chance to be a leadership fellow this year and for women who code uh, which is a global non-profit organization and our mission is to inspire women to excel in technology careers and as part of being a leadership fellow for women who code i get to practice leadership skills so um i i definitely want to stress on the word practice here because i do believe that um like i was of the belief when before i came into the program that you are either a leader or you're not and but slowly you realize is that certain attributes make you a leader and you need to practice those within the community to sort of grow that inside you and i guess this wonderful organization has continued continued to sort of foster that skill and given me a safe space to do that and you know there's so many amazing women i work with at women who code who make this happen so joy rosenberg is the chief leadership officer and she works alongside us to actually make this program this uh, leadership program to actually facilitate that and uh, shona is the global leadership manager uh, and i also have Bree, uh, she co-leads the Python and the uh, Cloud Tracks with me. So as part of being the leadership fellow this year, I get to co-lead the Python and the Cloud Tracks of Women Who Code, and they are an essential um, track that is online in nature. So we create a lot of events uh, online, and uh, we do this all via Zoom now. And uh, you can check out our pages on Women Who Code Python or Women Who Code Cloud, and. uh see the events that are going to be held this year and the next yes ma'am as i myself follow you guys on you know instagram and i have also attended some of your free events especially to nlp and it was a amazing experience to you know get things sorted so easily by people of your organization it's it's pretty amazing to see such communities growing after all upliftment should come from within and not you know should be expected from others as such Okay, ma'am. Coming down to our next segment, uh, we call it as sketchy banter, and uh, so what we do in this exactly is that I would ask you some questions, and you just need to, uh, you know, answer them quickly or like immediately, and you just just tell me as to whatever the first word comes in right out in your mind, and you don't have to think a lot about it. All right. Okay. So uh, the first question is, which is more important to you, model accuracy or model performance? Model performance. All right. and if you could if you could go back in time and change your decision as being an artificial intelligence engineer would you um probably not i think i would i sort of love the space of just being right where machine learning is right now in terms of research or also on its apex of being used literally everywhere nowadays so i definitely i'm very glad i'm in this field Yes, ma'am. I could totally sense that out from this conversation. <laughs> and uh, so, do you like uh, get a headache whenever you see the math behind deep learning? I used to before. Now I know that everyone does, so that helps me a little. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so like out of the three most used ML tools that you use, if you have to give up on one, what would it be? <laughs> I don't want to give up on any. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I am so uh, grateful for technologies such as TensorFlow and mm-hmm. Keras, and you know a lot of open source tools that we developers and engineers use. Without which, my life would be <laughs> so very difficult. So I'm so very glad thus 
such things exist in my everyday life that that's that's nice okay so mom coming down to our last question uh okay so if uh, your younger self is listening to this podcast what kind of advice would you give i would say that you know never give up on yourself and um, you know you have sort of a bright future ahead so keep working and i think one of the things that i often say to even people and women in tech in my community is that we we are always going to fight the imposter syndrome so do know that it exists but know that you can fight it too all right so with that we would wrap our session with vedishwar narjana thank you so much for joining us on board ma'am i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did also how can our audience contact you sure uh, i'm available through linkedin all right so there you go guys that was vidishwar narjana i hope you enjoyed this inspiring and entertaining interview i definitely had a few good laughs while you we were chatting and at the same time i did learn a lot and uh, make sure to share this episode with your friends and family whoever you think is interested in ai ml and the future of ai ml or you know the future of the world for that matter and we look forward to seeing you again until then bye bye